Oh, and don't forget to get us a melee weapon too, though. Sorry. Uh, hi, we're <laughs> with the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, if you were listening to the pre-show, you understand why I just did that. And if not, you once again, you're confused and you want to join our Patreon and get to listen to the pre-show because the pre-show is amazing. We're, we're just so good. You, you guys are no idea how great we are in the pre-show. I am going to say this because I am. You don't. You don't listen to it. You don't know. I could be real funny on that thing. Um, but yeah, it's Blizzard Watch Podcast. We're going to talk about Blizzard Entertainment, it's many games, and also other things if they come up. But this week was actually a really busy week for, for, for Blizzard. A lot of stuff happened. I don't know that we're going to talk about anything else. So keep that in mind. I, I might talk about how World of Warcraft helped spawn the creation of a cryptocurrency that was just used in a $600 million and, heist. But. And I read the article, and it is exactly what I thought was going to happen, which doesn't make me feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it's myself, Matt, uh, Liz, and Joe. We're here to give you a podcast, and we're going to do that. Also, um, sometimes we run D&D games, and in those D&D games, DMs are crazy and give their players decks of many things. Oh, uh, yeah. Liz is already planning on our next character because we know what's going to happen have, with me around. I have I have my next character all set up. It's great. Yep. Uh, I'm actually currently working on a tarot deck for when you guys do the, the drawing of cards but we should talk about actual blizzard things so we're going to move on to them their top stories uh once again i go weirdly prospectory at that moment i don't know why uh but first up this is just going to be a brief mention we're not going to do any spoilers for it or anything but the sylvanas book is out uh yep. it, it went launch today as we're as we're recording this the tuesday the 29th my copy actually um, just arrived today uh joe and liz did a bunch of questions and i, I threw in like two or three Actually, um, let me let me correct you. Joe did a bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just consolidated everything. Yeah, I may, have, I may have gone overboard. Sorry. No, that's yeah, fine. I, I just only asked two or three. I know that I, the ones I asked were it's answered. All- I remembered them, but I only answered two. I only asked two or three. So Joe did most of the work. But regardless, uh, the interview is up on our site right now, and you can go get, take a look at it and get some insight into Christy's process and stuff she does other than write um, really cool books that we like. And how she worked on the Sylvanas book, which is a departure. I will say that much. Having read it once, I feel like I need to read it again because she really went for a different style here. This is almost yeah. like an epistolatory novel. It's really interesting. Extremely unreliable narrator. I will say that much because the book is narrated by Sylvanas. Uh, and if you get the audiobook, uh, the book is literally narrated by Sylvanas because Patty Matson is doing the audiobook. And I got to say, Patty yeah. Manson is so great. So if you like audiobooks, yeah, do she, that. She, mm-hmm, she does mm-hmm. an amazing job on this. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this. Even when I have not liked Sylvanas as a character, I've always liked Patty Matson's performance. And she really started stepping it up in Legion. And she's been doing an amazing job with the character ever since. Um, so, yeah, uh, very much it's, it's worth getting. It's absolutely worth getting the audiobook just to hear it read. But in addition to that, um, we're not going to, again, we're avoiding spoilers. This is not the lore show. We used to talk a lot about lore. We've, we've dialed that back because we have a whole show for lore. But we will mention that there's a cinematic out that reveals, essentially, it's the epilogue to the raid. It's like after the jailer's beaten, what happens to Sylvanas? We're not going to talk about what happens to Sylvanas because, again, we've got a lore show for that. But we do want people to know it's out there. Maybe be careful. Don't click on any strange cinematics, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, it, it does. I'm, I'm going to say this much. I feel like 
Joe said it best when he said, "Wait, that's the thing we thought was going to happen." Yeah. You know that we we before the data much, mining, folks. Before the yeah, data mining, this was months ago. Uh, back in the middle of 2021, we both speculated mm-hmm. something along those lines. Uh, so I don't feel like it is out of left field or an unusual thing to have happened. I feel like it was one of the three main ways it could have. Yeah, gone. agreed. Uh, so, but that's that's it. We're gonna we're gonna stop talking about it now because we don't want to spoil it. Um, Lore Watch is coming up this week. It'll be Sunday. Obviously, this is a possibility for a conversation. Yeah, I think if you guys want to say email us uh, or you know talk to us on Discord, you know you can tell us if that's something you're interested in. Joe, you were saying? I was going to say unless we get a, a really big backlash of people not wanting us to do an episode of Lore Watch on it, I feel like we're going to be talking about it with heavy spoiler warnings for folks that haven't seen it yet to try to give you a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, we might talk about the book too, but it depends on probably both of the things. Yeah. I think they they intersect. So yeah. They do. But now we're going to move on to something that isn't spoilery or lore heavy. Um, unless you feel like the race to world first is something you can be spoiled on. I, I don't know what to tell you on that. But we, we, we have a winner. The, the jailer has died. He has been killed on Mythic. And it was Echo that beat him. So Echo got world first. I believe Method got world second. And aren't both yeah. Echo and Method basically the old Method split into two grades? Uh, yes, Echo broke off from Method, and Method kind of rebuilt from from the ashes, and so yeah, yeah. So um, two methods, both <laughs> both killed the jailer, and Liquid, who were like right up there, to, uh, they were in the, the the hunt all the way through the raid, just stopped. They just straight up stopped. I don't. Did they even do? Did how many? Did they do a lot of jailer attempts? Oh yeah, they they got him down to like eighteen percent, but they were, you know, this raid lasted. It was going into three weeks, and yeah, don't, don't people there. like take time off work to do this? Yeah, but it was this was three weeks, and they were playing Warcraft for like sixteen hours a day, oh, every yeah, yeah. day for three weeks, and they were just they hit this point and they were done. And their raid leader said, just said, okay, we aren't going to get this. We're gonna stop. We're gonna go home, and we'll we'll get back to it next week. Yeah, and, I think uh, that's actually a pretty reasonable thing for him to have done. Quite frankly, I was I was watching his stream at the time, and you know he was he was sitting there talking to people on Twitch, and you know you had the rest of the raiders in the background, and uh, I this isn't an exact quote, but I recall him saying, "See, that's how I know." We did the right thing. They're all back there. They're talking. They're laughing. They're talking about what they're going to do tonight. And that's how I know we did the right thing. So, like, it's interesting to think about the human cost about these races. And I really enjoy watching them. I think they're really interesting. They're really exciting. I love watching people, like, play at the top, top, top of their game. But, yeah, when a race goes on like this and you're sitting at your computer for all of these hours every day, like, focusing... And, you know, that's hard on a person. Like, gosh, Joe, you know us. We raid three hours a night twice a week. Mm-hmm. And the last hour of the raid, we are all loopy and doing a terrible job usually. We call it so- chicken time. <laughs> I think that happens to almost every raid guild. Yeah. Because I remember the last two guilds I was in, absolutely. We- like The last hour is basically just either it's farm mode, and so you can mess around and it doesn't matter, or you are bashing your head into the wall because you just can't focus anymore. It, there, oh, yeah. 
it's especially pronounced now, I think, too, that w- one of the, the, the things that I don't think can be overstated is we're older now. You know, mm-hmm. back back 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and cry out there, folks. It's been that long. When we were doing this oh. stuff, we were younger and maybe had less responsibilities or worked different jobs or had different schedules and were capable of of having sort of that late night focus more than we do now. I mean, a, a, a lot of this is me speaking personally, but I know for a lot of the people in our guild, it's like this because we're all from that same period of time. And like, you get to a certain point and your body is just like, I am done focusing right now. I have been working since eight o'clock this morning, focusing on things, focusing on things, focusing on things. And rating is focusing on something as much as you would anything else you're working on, which is why we we try to joke and keep it light and stuff like that. Uh, but even then, like we end rate it, you know, half past midnight for me on the East Coast. And at my old job, when I was working a steady nine to five, that was hell. Uh, Liz will tell you how many times there, there were a couple of times like I fell asleep on my keyboard at <laughs> raid break. Uh, but like we just don't have the f- we don't have that f- that long term focus anymore just because of, again, times and things have shifted. And I think that's true of everyone. It's it's everything is different now, even if it's your full time job to raid, uh, which a lot of these world guilds are still doing that. It's still a lot to ask of somebody. Another thing about Liquid was that towards the end, they lost their main tank because I don't know what happened, but he had to leave. He had to leave uh, and was not raiding with them anymore. That was the Death Knight that actually soloed the last bit of Anduin for for them. They had gotten Anduin to like 4% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Everyone was dead except the two tanks, a Mistweaver and a Death Knight. And the Mistweaver went down. It was just this Death Knight who got like the last percent or two on Anduin with an entire raid dead. That was astounding to watch. And that's got to be a huge morale hit when your main tank is like, you know, has to leave because of real life stuff. And then you're going to a backup tank and... it just wasn't working out. They knew they weren't going to win. So you just, it's a good idea. You got to take care of your mental and physical health. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot to be said for that. It's a good attitude to go into it with. But again, that's that's the current situation. As far as I know, Echo and Method are the only ones to have killed him on Mythic. And everybody yep. else is still working on it. Yep, uh, but yep. we're going to move on to talk a little bit about Diablo Immortal. Because quite a few things have happened there. Um, we have the tentative like i know the pre-ordering is happening right now pre-registration is happening now uh has they actually come out and said when this is coming out no i I see june 30th is the tentative release date but yeah it's on the pre like if you go into the ios store and you like register to pre-order or i mean it's not it's a free-to-play yeah you're you're pre-registering and you'll download it when it comes out basically um so that says it, that says June 30th, but it has some wording around it that says maybe June 30th, like they're trying for June 30th. So interesting thing about that, when when they do a pre-registration in the iOS store or the Android store, you have it, you have to be targeting within a six month release. So sorry, I just figured I would throw that out there as, as we're talking about it. Like, you, so what, yeah, from it has now, to be they, within the next six June, months, June is three months away, so they can go all the way to mm-hmm. September. Yeah, so that's worth knowing. But in addition to that, uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting was they had talked about this before. Um, 
but they finally released a post. We, we have a post on it on our site talking about it. Um, they've essentially put in something akin to Final Fantasy's uh, job system, where you could be playing a barbarian decide, you know what? I hate barbarians. And then, of course, lightning would hit you. But you could do it. <laughs> And you could decide to go back and switch your character over to a monk or a demon hunter or a necromancer, whatever. You can just do that. And you'll keep all your old gear in case you ever decide you want to go back to the previous class. Like you've, you've, the brain parasites have been removed and now you want to play a barbarian again because <laughs> of the best class. You can go do that. You can switch back and take out all your old gear and go back to, to barbarianing like that unfortunate incident never happened. Or you can like you know say you're playing a necromancer and you want to see what it, what the deal is with a wizard. You can do that. That's kind of amazing. Uh, like I mentioned, Final Fantasy's got something like that. Has had something like that for a long time. Even the single player games had it, and the the MMO has it. But not a lot of others do really. Um, WoW certainly doesn't. The other MMO that Blizzard works on. By the way, again, Diablo Mortal is an MMO. Yep. It's a mobile game, yes, but it is a mobile game that is a multiplayer online role-playing game. That's what this is. I think they're calling it MMORPG. Yeah, MMORPG, yeah. which is the same thing like Lost Ark is, and uh, it's a very it's a very common genre thing in. Uh, I, I hate to say it like this, but uh, far eastern countries, right? Like far eastern countries tend to this tends to be a bread and butter MMO type setup for them. Yeah, and that's pretty much what Diablo Immortal is going to be. Um, so. That's interesting to me. I, I, I quite frankly, uh, I believe was it, uh, it was either Liz Pratt, Liz, Liz uh, Pat or Anna who wrote the post about this. And I don't remember which one it was. So I'm going to go look it up, uh, <laughs> but either way, it's definitely, it's Liz, Liz Pat, second Liz. Um, she made the point that there's, this should be something other games do. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I have gotten to the point where, and keep in mind, I'm saying this as the guy who plays like 35 warriors out of like the 50 possible that I could have back when they had the character limit. I laugh at 36 play, shaman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I play like a lot of warriors. I don't really play that many other classes. Like I've got a paladin. No, I've got two paladins technically. Uh, I've got a death knight, two paladins and a shaman and then a hunter that I, that I keep tinkering with. And then seriously, like the rest of my characters are warriors. So probably closer to 40 something, but Regardless, I think it's a good idea to, to, you know, maybe it's not necessary that you should have to start over and level a character all the way back up to max level to switch classes. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's time to just accept that the, the new way of doing things is to have one character that can switch to anything else whenever it wants to. Yes, the new way of doing things. That is the old way of doing things that used to be from Final Fantasy Tactics. I've been saying this yeah. for freaking years. Yeah, but MMOs up to this point yeah, haven't done it, but now we've got the Final Fantasy one that does, and yeah, I just I think that this is probably the way they should go. I, I it just makes more else, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Liz, what do you think? Yes, I think you're right, but I wanna I wanna kind of take a tangent here and say something that Ian Hesikostas talked about the, quite a few months ago in an interview was about respecting players' time. And I oh really yeah, back in like April of 2021 before yeah okay I remember that yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow that was a long time ago uh, yeah yeah um but respecting players' time and I feel like wow has re like patch 9.2 I feel like has kind of veered in that direction one of the things I think is really interesting about Zerith Mortis is that there are only a few things to do. 
Yeah. It's not it's a focused. zone you can it's spend focused. all day in. Like Corthia or Mechagon were just so busy. There were tons of quests. You had five or six daily quests every day. Corthia has two weekly quests to do. And there are rares spawning in Corthia nonstop. Corthia and Mechagon were both packed with mobs, completely packed with mobs that you had to run through and find your way through to get to where you were going. And it took a lot of time. You could spend hours there every day and not do everything there was to do. Mm -hmm. Even if you only went to do a couple of things, it might take you an hour because of the time it took to get around and just the time it took to find things. But in Xerath Mortis, there are three daily quests every day. There's one weekly quest. There is a road around the zone that you can mostly traverse safely. You can fly in Xerath Mortis without a huge amount of hassle. There was It was time-gated, but it does not take a lot of work. And uh, some people have pointed out that there are birds in Xerath Mortis that will attack you, but they aren't as fearsome as... Uh, who was it? There was someone flying around Mechagon who would just one-shot you. Yup. Um, so that was always ugly. Um, though I do admit, as a paladin... I have gotten hit by things in the air sometimes, and I divine shield on my way down. So I do, I do feel for you who are not paladins. Um, but but now that we yeah. also have the we also have the mount gear now too, which yeah. we didn't have before. Yeah. So like you don't die from falling anymore. Period. Not not necessarily, but it feels like. And I've heard some people. I answered a question about this in the queue a few weeks ago, where. People are like, but there's not much to do in Xerath Mortis. Why isn't there more to do in Xerath Mortis? And it's like, I think it's intentional because what we want is less. Mm -hmm. We want to have to spend less time in the game because we are all busy adults. We have families. We have responsibilities. We have jobs. We get tired. This is um, actually something that, that now causes me to go on a tangent. So... Yeah. I was just thinking about it in terms of like, this is why I loved the end of Battle for Azeroth. Uh-huh. Because I could gear up these alts that I was playing, the Death Knight, the two paladins. I could gear them up much quicker. Like, and it didn't have to spend days on it. I could get them geared up much faster and felt like I was getting things done. Like, in it, just spend a couple hours on, and my paladin is now comparable. Not as good as my raiding character, but comp good enough, good enough that I could heal some five mans. Good enough that I could go to a mythic plus and actually contribute as a healer. Um, and I like that. I like yeah. feeling like you know catch up mechanisms and just ease of play, so it doesn't take all like I don't have to spend a month grinding, grinding, grinding to get stuff that I can get you know do it a couple that, hours a night and get there. That's that's the thing that I, I like the most, and I really want to give them credit for. And this is a conversation that I know Liz and I recently had with our guildmates is I have decided I'm not going to DPS on my shaman anymore uh, when I need to not heal. Instead, I've been gearing up my hunter so that when I need to make that switch, I can just bring the hunter in because I'm finding DPS on my hunter more fun than DPS on my shaman. And I know Padilla and Chad is going to give me some guff for this <laughs> later. Um, but it's just something that I find a little more engaging current with the current tool set and the current setup. And I feel like if I do that, I'm not going to be a weight on the raid like I was in uh, Castle Castle Denathrius, right? So they've 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 definitely shifted that. 
uh, and and put that mindset in where they are respecting that time. And I, I appreciate that. I really do. And I think it would be nice if you could actually like say, oh, well, we're going DPS. Imagine if you could just you know pop back to Orbos, go to the respecker, and respect to hunter, and yeah. have all your hunter gear that you've yeah. been gathering, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I feel this is all part of the same conversation. The class switching, how sometimes there's less to do. Sometimes there are easier ways to catch up. Like in Xerath Mortis, you can just buy mm-hmm. 226 gear, be a bind on account, then you can send your ults. It does cost Anna, but uh, Anna drops like candy right now. So it's not a big investment, even if you're gearing an alt up from nothing. You can also, there's also a token you can buy. And it used to increase your alt to round level 40. Now it increases them to 60. And it's like, this This is great. It is so much easier to get started. We don't have to spend hours grinding. We can just get in there and play. And we aren't, if you don't play a lot, you may be a little behind, you know, your fellow gamers who play all the time. But you can play just a little and still be in the ballpark. And that's great. If we in WoW could switch classes, that's another thing where we don't have to worry about spending, you know, 60 hours, however long it's going to take us to level from zero to 60. We can just play the game and playing the game is what's fun. That's what we want to do. And and not so, just playing the game, but like also playing the game with our friends. Like it's lowering the barrier yeah. to get back to playing the game with our friends. No, and no. combining that with the thing they're adding where you help, we'll finally have cross-faction play. Oh, yeah. So, there's some stuff that's coming in has actually been pretty amazing. Um, but I do think we, at this point we've moved very far away from the Diablo Immortal discussion. So That's what people will, are here for, let's be honest. Yeah, I will wrap <laughs> this up and say, yeah, class change in Diablo Immortal, that's pretty cool. Um, but now, speaking of Blizzard games getting something that other games have had, Overwatch 2 is finally getting that ping system. They did a big post yes. this week outlining how the ping system is going to work. And it's really interesting. If you've played Apex Legends, which I actually have, um, because I, I loved Titanfall and <laughs> Titanfall 2. So when when Respawn came out with a game, I, I gave it a shot. I have the same problems playing Apex Legends that I did playing Titanfall 2 in PvP mode. Um it, I, something about the motion on the screen gets me sick real fast. Mm-hmm. It's the same problem I actually have playing Overwatch. They do a weird but motion blur. It's it's hard. I don't know yeah. what's going on with it, but whatever. But the but the point being, this is a system that Apex Legends has had since it came out in 2019. But it is actually, I think, more advanced. I think Blizzard has actually improved it. Um, you can basically ping an area on the ground. You can ping a, like a target. You can target someone and ping them. And if, if and everyone will not be told where they are, if they use an ability that moves them rapidly, or breaks line of sight, or makes them invisible, the ping will stay where they were when they activated it. So you could still go in that direction and try and catch them, but they'll get used out of there. You know, like um, I think the one that they talked about was oh, bloody heck, I can't remember. I think it was Sombra. It was Sombra's uh, teleport ability they talked about in terms of how this would work, or Reaper. Um, Reaper has several ways to kind of, you know, get out of line of sight. That kind of stuff will will still, it'll have some effect because you'll know in the general area of where they are, and you won't have to say anything into your headphone. There's no voice communication that, necessary. That's something I wish more games did. Like it, as much 
gruff and and stuff that League of Legends has earned ill over the years. Their ping system is one of the best nonverbal communication systems that has been available in a game in a long time. And then, like you pointed out with Apex Legends, it's incredibly useful. And now mm-hmm. adding it to Overwatch 2, that's even better because I can tell you damn well, I don't want to get on comms with random people, even if I'm playing Overwatch. Like, I don't want that. And I know people that uh, that that have had terrible experiences with being forced to be on in-game voice chat. And what happens when I can just get a ping instead? I'll take the ping instead. Well, and yeah. It's just, this has to be faster than communicating. Oh, hey, I saw Sombra and she's right here at this corner over here, over here. And, yep. you know, that's going to get jumbled and confusing. Plus, it like tells you where they are. You don't have yeah, to yeah, be trying to describe, yeah. well, I'm over here by the so-and-so. No, boom, the ping tells you they, mm-hmm, this is where they mm-hmm. are. And I, the one thing I really liked is that they, they've said, uh, I believe it was Gavin Winter, who's the, one of the designers on it, specifically said this is being designed to help them cut back toxicity. Which is good. Yeah, it's, which is great. But think about it. There's, they're basically finally admitting, you know what? Ha- letting people just talk to each other over voice chat wasn't really helping us curb toxicity because they're, they'd be doing it like through their own means. And it's not like there's something we can talk to about in the game, but now you won't need it. If you don't need to voice chat to play, they, if you know, if they want to harass you, they have to do it in game Mm -hmm. and they can be, you know, they can be more easily punished for it. There's this idea is one of the first time I've seen them do a a step where I'm actually saying, yeah, this could actually work. It's not going to get rid of harassment. I mean, I've played enough hearthstone to know People can harass you with, with, with just emotes, you know? So I'm sure people could abuse the ping system too. Somebody to will find you. a way, but also at the end of the day, if I can mute, a, if I can mute pings, yeah. problem, problem solved. Yeah, and you can, you can. Yeah, you can mute specific people and then they can't ping you. Exactly. So yeah. There you go. It is, it is a remarkably like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to put this. It feels like a really nice forward leap, forward facing change. So instead of trying to like keep Overwatch the same way it's always been, it, it's admitting other games have done cool things since Overwatch came out, and we're going to look at them and learn from them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty great. Um, I think that's you know. Either of you have anything else to say before we move on? No, y'all got it. Okay. Um, this next one is based in part on a tweet that Steve Denuser just did that I just saw, um, and part on stuff I already knew. So I'm just going to roll this one out. Um, we, we now have, I'm not going to say what it is, but Anduin makes a decision uh, after the, the raid, there's a new blood elf quest coming, uh, in 9.2.5, a quest chain that has an additional extra thing for blood elf paladins. And also the characters of, of Anduin, uh, Gen Greymane and Sylvanas, they have different gossip for Alliance and Horde characters. Players, if you're like playing as a as a Tauren versus playing as a, a as an elf, they have different you know different lines. No, gnomes just get screamed at. No, <laughs> no. Sylvanas, you know, actually had gnomes murdered, so you know I'm pretty sure she didn't like gnomes. But in addition to that, which is pretty cool in and of itself, Sylvanas has specifically unique gossip for people who played Battle for Azeroth as and, loyalists. And by gossip, it, we mean like you go up to them and you talk to the NPC, and there are actual like uh, text that or or yeah uh, a thing or that the, will, or a the voice thing, thing that will play out. Yeah, either the thing where they stand and talk to each other, and you can overhear it, or the thing where you can go up to them and talk to them, and it will initiate a dialogue. That's that's gossip. That's what they mean. 
and they have specific lines based on if you if you played as a loyalist, you'll get different lines. If you were a horde, you'll get different lines than an alliance will. Mm-hmm. I want more of this in everything. I want this everywhere. I want constantly them to do this from now on. Uh, super excited about this. Yeah, uh, as a Volpera Leowind or Leo Wild, yeah, that that I feel that in my bones. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's it's good. It's interesting. I like when they do that, and we liked when they did it during BFA when we had the the different things that you could get for uh, quest reactions and and stuff like that. It's good to see that it's carrying forward, and it's good to see in that we talk about ripples, right? And we talk about how sometimes it's hard to carry those ripples forward in an MMO. But this is another thing where they're they're making a concerted effort to continue to do so, and I'm here for it. Yep. And also, um, Liz, the current theory is that that Blood Elf uh, quest, the Paladin one, yeah, will get yeah. you a special Paladin transmog. Yeah, I saw pictures of some armor, and I'm looking forward to it. Special Blood Elf things, or that's my thing. I'm a Blood Elf Paladin since Burning Crusade, so... Yeah, I know Blood Elf Paladins are kind of horrible, or at least we started out. They were. They got better. Yeah. Uh, Nowadays, Leodrin's pretty cool. Oh, and one thing about the quest I will mention. Do you remember the Children's Week uh, little Blood Elf orphan type, Salandria? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's all grown up. She's a Paladin aspirant, and she's a big part of this quest. That's actually really cool. That's awesome. I don't. I've I've heard nothing about the little Draenei girl. And that annoys me a little bit, but we do we do know that Salandria will be coming back in this quest line. She'll be so. leading our charge back to Argus. It'll be fine. Uh, but anyway, girl grew up and became a paladin. Yep. I'm so happy. Uh, but also, one last thing before we move, because Liz mentioned Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade Classic is now in Phase Four. It went live last week, so Zulamon is now rateable in Burning Crusade Classic. That that's that's Woo. it. That's the tweet. <laughs> it's not a tweet, yeah. but if it were. Yeah. But at this point, I am going to say we're going to move on because we've got some questions yep. and stuff to talk I, about. Go I ahead. Do have one, I do have one thing out. Of, actually, a couple of things out of the news that may be worth mentioning. Um, like one, the Mage Tower today. The Mage oh right, Tower Mage Tower went live today. Yes, is permanent now. You can yeah. do Mage Tower all the time, and it's terrible. My girl and I hate wants it, but to it's Mage Tower all the time. Sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> no one wants to Mage Tower all the time. It's. It's <laughs> awful and I hate it, but it's there and I feel like I need to do it. I feel like I want to do it, but also I hate it, but it's there 24-7. So you can go and do it whenever you feel some self-loathing and you want to die a lot. At least that's my experience. I don't know about the rest of you. I uh, I dread going in there as a healer. I'm not going to lie. It was not <sighs> fun. On, it was not fun on Rusto Shaman. And I... I healing quest. I've done it so many times and I hate it. But I'm curious how I can try to do it now with the new tools that I have, because it was definitely heavy around the artifact. Uh, Yeah, but you don't have new tools. Your legendary does not work. None of your legendary abilities work, and you can't outgear it anymore because it scales you down. Do covenant abilities work? No. I hope you don't like that covenant ability, because it is not there. Because it's it's effing gone. Yeah. It's just really challenging. I mean, I, I don't know if it's more challenging than it was, but it's really hard without either our artifact stuff or our new stuff. It just feels it feels like they're cutting you off at the knees here. But uh, if you want to do that, it is there all the time for your enjoyment or self-loathing. Either or. 
Mm. But um, regardless, oh, sometimes we, we both. should mention we should mention the Diablo two Diablo three. Sorry, uh, season twenty five is ending this this Friday. Like next right? Friday. Next Friday. So the April tenth. April tenth. Yeah. What even is time? I don't know. Yeah. And then, what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. And then season <laughs> season uh, twenty six is starting five days after because if it ends on a Sunday, and then it starts on a Friday. That's how it's been. So it'll either be the 15th or it'll be the, the 12 days after the close. So the 22nd, Yeah, those are the two days it will be. It yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's happening. Um, season 26 is, looks like it's really going to be interesting. So uh, they're adding in a whole new play mode. The uh, I think it's the, the endless nightmare or something. Echoing nightmare. Echoing nightmare. Echoing Thank nightmares. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The echoing nightmares or nightmare. Um, but that's, it's like basically like a different kind of rift where you just keep going until you die. And the further you get, the better your, your ultimate rewards for it are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly getting to play around with it, but yeah. Uh, anything else you think? Uh, one thing, the Shadowlands season four, I was, I was browsing the news before the podcast. I don't know if y'all know, but Matt always does an email of news for us to talk about. And I was kind of looking through to see if there was anything we missed. And I was like, I have a pile of things that feel like they happened about a year ago that actually happened last week. Yeah. And one of those was Shadowlands season four, which will be coming with 9.2.5. Yeah, we had briefly talked about it, I think, right? We just mentioned it. It hadn't been announced last podcast. No, but we talked about them. We talked about them doing a season four, but we didn't. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't talk about details. it. Yeah, we didn't have details. We just knew I mean, that regard- something was coming. Regardless, please continue, Liz. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's just, I felt like this happened, you know, months, months, months ago, but it was only last week. Um, season four is going to have affixes for old raids for the other Shadowlands raids. So you can go back and do those raids with new challenges, just like you might run a Mythic Plus dungeon. And it will also bring new dungeons into the Mythic Plus rotation, including old dungeons. They're pulling in two dungeons from Warlords of Draenor. And over the last week, they've had fans voting on which ones they wanted to have. And um, I'm here to tell you, they voted on the worst ones because Grimrail Depot. I love Grimrail Depot. I think that's going to be... Terrible. Grimrail Depot. In Mythic Plus. Grimrail Depot. Think it's be miserable. I get. I get why you're saying that. I do. I and I don't disagree with you. But the number two winner is the one that really makes me sad. Mythic Iron Docks. Yeah. Oh my neither god. Of these, neither of these sound like fun, but they're going to be in the Mythic Plus rotation starting in season four, which will come lot come after nine point two point five, which we don't know when that's coming. Yeah, but it is at some point going to happen. That stuff. The the thing for like rating is really interesting. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I think it's well, interesting too, though. If you look at the other dungeons they're pulling in, though, it's both Tazaveshes, which um, is good. I love Tazavesh. Both, both wings of Operation Mechagon and both wings of Return to Karazhan. So they just went and got the the uh, the mythic the not the mythic dungeon the uh, the mega dungeon from each expansion. Yeah. Sent going back to to Legion and brought them all in, which so is that's great. actually yeah no it's great I have no problem with it I just think it, it's interesting I kind of hope they keep those in the rotation for every expansion like whenever the next expansion comes out and we all get up to max level and start doing Mythic Plus again I want those dungeons in there 
because it, it, the Mega Dungeons are so big and so much work was put into them, and there's so much to see oh, and yeah. do around them. It kind of it kind of bites that you you lose it. You know what I mean? Like I, I would like to see this continue. I I just want to say that I'm really excited about the the affixes for raiding, and part of that is because like that lull period between uh like ex- like end of expansion and beginning of next expansion or next expansion event the guild that Liz and I are in, we would traditionally do one of two things. One, we will do an achievement run to get everybody all the achievements from the current tier. Uh, that's just kind of one thing we do while we're waiting for the next stuff. But we would also do this thing where we would make our own hard modes with raids where <laughs> like we would do two bosses at the same time uh, <laughs> where we took a Luriel and brought her to the bridge with uh crosses. And did both bosses with all the mechanics at the same time because we could. Or when we wanted to do uh, Dark Shaman, but we did them on the rooftops of Orgrimmar because we could. But now we don't have to make our own hard modes anymore. <laughs> we can we can just use affixes. This is actually kind of neat. Like, I'm really here for this. Yeah, it definitely seems like an interesting way to extend out older raids. And, I, and th- that way, if you guys are bored doing something like you know oh god we've been punching our faces against this guy all month you can go back to an older raid punch up the difficulty a bit get comparable gear and you know it's a change it's something new that you it's not new because you saw it before but it's a change from what you've been doing so i think it's a really good idea and the thing you mentioned before matt about how blizzard put so much work into these mega dungeons and they're no longer relevant uh, that's the same with the raids. Blizzard puts tons of work into these things, into the art and the design and the fights, and they lose relevancy pretty quickly. As soon as the next raid opens, is it like, oh, the gear is outdated, we've done all of this, whatever, we're moving on and never going back. And yeah. so it's, yeah, it's, it seems like a good idea to get I people. I would honestly love it. This. I would love it if time walking became mixed with this. Where they, when they do time walking, they put the affixes. Like, they into were it. kind of already doing that, weren't they? They've had time walking raids that have, but they would sort of done this. Like for instance, Alduar is up to max level, but the, the gear is still not really worth getting. But weren't they doing something similar to that with uh, the Mythic Plus stuff with time walking, like bringing old dungeons up with it? With like with, in Le- with the Legion stuff, they did that with the Mythic yeah. Plus dungeons. They didn't do it with raids yet. Uh, they they've had a couple of time walking weeks where there's a raid and the raid is usually brought up to a degree. But if they put the affixes in too, now you can customize how hard do you want that raid to be, and you can make the gear to the point where it's actually comparable. And that's the thing that always ends up happening is that people just it's not worth the time to do it anymore. Oh yeah, it's just the gear is not worth it. But if the gear can be made to keep up in much the way that Mythic Plus gear keeps getting better because you can keep pushing the, the you know the levels. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think these are all these are all good things. But uh, at this point, I think that cups us up. Um, we've yep. only got about I fifty got minutes else. left. Uh, but we can answer at least one question. <laughs> we, we can try. Uh, if you've got a question for the show, guys, um, you can email it to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of blizzardwatch. So we know it's for the show. Or you can use our Discord server. We've got two channels you can use. The first is for patrons. It's the patron Q and podcast questions channel. We, we like to give you guys first crack because you, you keep the lights on around here. And uh, the next one, though, if you can't be a patron for whatever reason, we still have the... the uh, Q and podcast questions channel that that's there for you to ask questions for the show as well. Um, we usually have one of these two guys read them. So um, 
Okay, I found my dice of the week, but I don't want to do that. So we're going to do this instead. Uh, Liz. Okay, well, the first question comes from Jacob from Denmark. And he says, as father of two boys with a busy job, wife, life, responsibilities, obligations, and so on and so forth, I have one to two hours of wow time a week. Do you guys have any tips, tricks, or good advice on how to balance gaming and real life? Thanks for the great show. And I wanted to do this one, even though this is a really long conversation, because I think we've been talking about this, about Blizzard respecting our time and how sometimes less is more. Yeah. Uh, like I, I feel think, with... Yeah, I think your, your point earlier about how the change from Corthia to Sarath Mortis is very much indicative of it. Yeah, and I think right now, if you only have an hour or two a week, you can go to Zareth Mortis a couple of times, three times a week, and you could do everything in Zareth Mortis in like 20 minutes yeah, without and, a lot of trouble. And even doing and, enough rares and, and getting enough uh, chests for the weekly doesn't take more than like 45 minutes. And even even doing rares, you know, it doesn't give you a ton of progress on that quest. You could just go in a few times a week and do dailies and probably get it and just kill, like if you kill a rare along the way, but I don't think you're ever going to have to spend more than 20 minutes in Xerath Mortis to finish up your stuff unless you really feel like grinding. Mm -hmm. So I think right now is a good time. If you're behind on Renown, Renown is very easy to get. If you're way behind on Renown, there is a token you can buy from a vendor right next to the Flight Master in Oribos that will bump you up to 60 Renown immediately. Yep. And you will get Renown from every story quest, from every calling you do. And all of the major stuff, you'll get Renown and you'll catch up really quickly. You can also buy Renown now from the same vendor in Oribos that you can get the Trade Your Weekly tokens in for. Uh, so if you get something from what I have dubbed the Disappointment Box uh, <laughs> and it's nothing that you want and you chose to get the the four tokens now, the four, the four little coins, you can trade those in for Renown. They just put that on the vendor. It's the first time I saw it was today. Um, and if you're behind on gear, Xerath Mortis drops some very good gear that like, it, I mean, not good gear if you're like raiding and things, but good gear for uh, getting started and being able to do stuff. And you can also buy gear in Xerath Mortis for some anima that's 226. And that's really high if you and weren't raiding in the last patch. And also Cypher Gear. Don't forget about Cypher Gear either. Cypher Gear is the new like sort of like level with you gear as you do stuff. Um, and getting that leveled up and doing the research for it is pretty, pretty quick. Honestly, like you, it's one of those things that you can set and forget, like you get a bunch of ciphers and you can go and set it and then come back in like three days and it's ready to go. And you can easily get like uh cipher gear at level five or six. And that's good enough stat wise to let you start doing things. Like if you wanted to run mythic dungeons with the friends once a week, you could do a plus 10 and it's on par gear wise with, with what you would get. So like, that's, it's pretty neat. I feel like ciphers is a little bit of a grind. Cause I feel like ciphers don't drop as fast. They drop increase super fast. They increased it. They absolutely increased it over the last couple oh, yeah? weeks because well, I, I, I literally did one 45 minute run through Xerath Mortis, just grabbing, uh, mm -hmm. the, some of the chests that respawn. And I have more ciphers than I know what to do with. <laughs> so like, uh, it, it's, it's possible. Yeah, but yeah, my advice would be to spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes in Xerath Mortis when you have time and just just do that. You'll catch up on gear. 
And uh, you'll be plenty good if you want to run dungeons, if you want to run low-level Mythic Plus, if you want to run raids, you can do all of that. And also LFR if you want to see the story there. Um, not all of the wings are open, but no wings should take you more than a half hour. So, and certainly once you're once you have Xerath Mortis gear, LFR rating is not going to be hard. You will outgear LFR at that point. So, and- yeah, I think now is a great time. For people who don't have a lot of time to play WoW. And and on the other side of that question, the balancing the personal time with WoW time, especially if you only have one or two hours a week, uh, sometimes when we have a lot of responsibilities, we can start to feel a little bit guilty if we start to take any personal time or me time, uh, as it were, to like go and play a video game, per se. Um, but it's it's in those moments, and I, I, I don't want to say I'm projecting or anything like that. I, maybe I am a little bit don't feel guilty about taking that one to two hours of wow time a week you have as because you're there doing your family stuff and your work stuff and everything else. Um, when you're taking care of those responsibilities and you know, they're taken care of having that hour to two, that should be a release for you. That should be a relief. Enjoy the moment. And like Liz is saying, Zareth Mortis makes it very easy to catch up. Uh, so you can spend that one to two hours a week doing the the catch up stuff, getting to where you want, and then you can spend that one to two hours a week doing other things you want. It, it makes it very easy to respect the time that you do have in game, even if it is only one or two hours. The game isn't like it used to be, where if you needed to do anything, you need to spend eighteen hours a day in it. Uh, it's it's gotten a lot better in that regard. And Xerath Mortis is probably the best apotheosis of that I've seen. Well, I think we've got time for one more question. I think at least. Sure. So, uh, Joe. These two are very, very, uh, they're related. One's in response to the other one. So I'm just going to group them together. This is from 6K and from Alternate Universalist, I think. Or was it no, you? No, that, that was, that was, that was you. Me. Ah, <laughs> that was me. From Liz Prime. Uh, is an infernal just a fell elemental? A fell elemental? And then Liz pointed out that it's made of rocks. Is it an earth elemental? I think it's an asteroid elemental. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's made from space rocks. Dang it. See, I actually like the idea of it being a fell elemental. I would like the idea of like, eventually we could branch out the elements to, so that they match up to the cosmology chart. If we had like six of them instead of five, currently we've got the four we know about plus spirit, which is also anima, which is also magic, whatever. And that's it. But if fell became an elemental, if there was, there were elemental fell beings. Well, it makes sense. What's, what's fell created from. Yeah, basically the annihilation of souls or the destruction of light and uh, void. And we've now learned from the Maw and the Jailer that that energy can be made into other living things. Why not have there be an elemental of Fel that is basically an amalgamation of that? We know elementals feed on spirit. They need spirit, right? This is a thing. I I think that it is a Fel elemental. I'm going to go with it. The, the, yeah, the fel elementals, elemental. Fel elemental it is. Head cannon elemental. accepted. Uh, I want to sing it to the tune of Felemental. It's a felemental. Felemental all the way. I don't sing well, but I sing with enthusiasm. And I think that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't help. But anyway. Enthusiasm counts. I think it does. I have a follow-up question. If an infernal is a type of elemental, does that make warlocks dark shaman? Yes. Kinda. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, this is basically a pact. that's not very different. Well, this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot since Shadowlands came out. Surprising probably no one. Uh what is a what does a warlock do? 
they they make packs and traditionally you know they're or also known to summon the the dead and work with the dead why not why they they definitely are tapping into to spirit they're definitely tapping into anima in some capacity and that's what shaman do like ancestral healing was calling on uh not just the the waters of the world and the element of water to heal but if you go back and read the 1.0 like game manual that came with the box they called upon the power of their ancestors channeling anima to heal wounds yeah just throwing it out there sorry <laughs> so that's all yeah, i got fair. but yeah that's i think we've answered that and now we can move on to this incredibly long multi-question thing and try to get through <laughs> that in seven minutes liz you're up we should probably break this into two because it's two questions uh okay from kts stories Question for the Blizzard Watch podcast, inspired by the discussion of talent trees. Oh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a question. I got to thinking about the Torghast empowerments. I feel like for all Torghast has been maligned, the empowerments have actually made me feel like I'm making meaningful choices that impact my gameplay. I've had runs on my enhanced shaman where suddenly I'm all about summoning my earth elemental and feral spirits. Others where it's totem time all the time. And yet others where the name of the game is getting my bloodlust going. Obviously, some of the randomness would need to be taken away, but I wonder if you think that something built on similar bones might be a way to build a more dynamic talent system going forward. And yes, like Torghast is, I haven't always enjoyed Torghast, but the system where you're picking new powers is actually a lot of fun. And it does change how you play. You will cast spells that you would never cast. You will use things in different ways, like the for paladins, there's one that gives divine shield when you cast it to your entire group. So that comes from being a personal defensive cooldown to being like, oh no, we're all in trouble. I'm just going to bubble everybody. Mm-hmm. You think about your skills in different ways. And that's what I want is choices that are meaningful and let me rethink how I play. Let me choose how I play. So what do y'all think? I'm going to say this. I don't think you should tone the randomness down. <laughs> like, no, seriously, imagine if there was stuff like if this was just a component of raiding, if we're doing a raid and or a mythic plus dungeon or even a normal dungeon. And suddenly after you kill them, like certain mobs, those your choices pop up and they're they're somewhat randomized and you just pick the best one for your play style. Like if there's one for warriors where you can basically amp up your healing to the point where it's almost impossible to die, almost because I've still managed it. But it, you know, you know what I mean. It really it it changes the way you play the character because you're you're constantly trying to do AOE, you're constantly trying to hit bloodthirst because that gets buffed and the healing is really intense. Or there's one where shield block, not shield block, uh, shield. No, it is shield block, not shield block though. But ignore pain, ignore pain hits the whole party. So when I hit ignore pain to keep myself up, everybody gets it. So it becomes a, a, like you talked about before. It, it yeah. becomes a, a cooldown for the whole group. Things like that, where you couldn't plan for them, would be really interesting in terms of a talent system. You don't want that to be the whole talent system, but it would be kind of cool if you could actually have limited use talents that you're just going to get and you don't know what they're going to be. And so now, to a degree, you can't build a raid strat around them. But they're really nice to have if you get them. That that could be really interesting. I just there's lots of reasons why it would also be really bad. So. <laughs> yeah. 
And now I'm going to probably let Joe talk because I'm positive he's got ways this could be. I don't like randomness in raids. Sorry. Yeah. He's a healer. I, I'm not Healers only not only a healer. Randomization. I was a I've been I was a raid leader for 15 years. <laughs> like, no. I need I mm, mm, yeah, sorry. I, I think it's a fun idea, but I, I like the idea of it being a base thing that you can choose from that fundamentally changes the way you play. I would not be opposed to looking at Torghast and seeing what of those would make good talents. And then pulling those out in the rework of the talent system, because I agree that it doesn't need a rework for a lot of the classes. A lot of the classes, after we were talking about it last week, they don't feel impactful. Me, it does as a Resto Shaman, because it does change how I play depending on what I pick at each tier. That's not the case for everybody, and that's a problem, right? So I think it would be good maybe looking at guess and saying what did this do right what did this make players feel and then how can we take this and make it into a talent system that offers the same feeling of wildly different gameplay but can also be counted on right because that's the other side of it right you can no matter what you get in Torghast you build your 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 run around it but you build your run around it you you can plan for it you can do things because you know what will happen and that, I think, is the most important part. I'm sorry, Matt. I know you want the randomness. I know you want that chaos demon to reign supreme. The thing is, I, I get you. Cause, <laughs> I mean, I, I've done raid leading. I was a main tank for a long time. As a main tank or as a healer, you want reliability. Consistency, you want to know. Yeah. I want to know I have these tools and I can use them. So, it, I don't, like I said, I don't think that this should be the main talent system. But I do think it would be cool if, like, in a raid, you could, like, those pop-ups happened you would you would not rely on them to get through the fight, but they could suddenly make the fight easier, and that would be really interesting. But also, I think that the talent revamp could learn from Targast in general. Mm-hmm. It could learn it. You know, these are the kind of things we we we've introduced. They af- you know, what if you let people take a talent that fundamentally changes an ability in in its meaningful. <laughs> And it's it is useful in this way. So that there's 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 stuff to learn from Torghast. I agree with that totally. Yeah, Torghast wasn't the rogue like experience that we were that some of us were hoping for, but I think it has a lot of value moving forward as far as as gameplay goes. And this might be a non sequitur to it, but I, I'm, we have a couple minutes left, and dang it, I'm going to use it for this. Uh, we talk about systems that get carried throughout, and how whether it's a good or bad thing, and what it means. Torghast is probably one of those things that I kind of hope does get pulled forward in some capacity, not in its current form, but as something else or something that that continues to allow players to have a fundamentally different experience with their character. Because no matter what Torghast was, that's what it was really good for. Uh, you know, get rid of the get rid of my mission table and give me something Torghasty. Or or learn the lessons from it and bring those lessons forward. That's what I want. Well, I think that's about all the time we've got for this week. Uh, here's the part where I throw it over to Joe so he can do his outro. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, 
again, you know, thank you. If you guys have questions for us, you can send them to our email address. It's podcast at blizzardwatch.com, or you can, you know, uh, by the way, throw the subject line uh, podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show because we've got three shows. That's important. Um, the other thing you can do is go to our uh, Discord and use up the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel or the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Both of those are available. If you're a patron, you can use the first one. If you're not a patron, you can use the second one. Uh, we like getting questions. Feel free to ask all sorts of questions. They don't even have to be about Blizzard games anymore. No, we if will answer everything. Well, maybe everything. Yeah. Good, a good large amount of stuff. We will answer various things. Yeah. Uh, the, the question you're going to ask about my favorite dinosaur, uh, I definitely will answer it. You want to ask me questions about Magic the Gathering? I'll answer those. Oh, I we someday we're going to have that discussion about those um, Magic the Gathering plane shift settings for D&D. Yes. But anyway. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. On behalf of myself, uh, Liz Harper, and my friend Joe here, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next week. 